0: Thank you for participating with us this morning. I'm really glad you decided to participate with us, especially those of you who are online. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. It tells us in Matthew chapter 5, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus went up on the mountainside, side. his disciples came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. And so... It's good enough for Jesus. It's good enough for Mark. He's going to sit down this morning too. All right. Made me smile. (laughs) All right. So, 2,000 years ago, Jesus expressed a consistent theme through his teaching and his preaching. He repeatedly and talked about how our hearts and our minds spew out whatever's in them. And left to our own devices, he told us, our hearts and our minds are full of selfishness and self-centeredness and all kinds of crud. That, that, that's not the word he used okay but he didn't speak English so but if he did he probably would have used crud I don't know what he, he he said we were full of all kinds of bad things what he said uh, we, we're filled with the desire to have our way all day every day period many things have changed the last 2,000 years 2100 years almost uh, and uh, but human beings have remained basically unchanged. People are people, whether they live in the twenty-one century, the twenty-first century, or the first century, or the first century BC. People are people. I believe Jesus would uh, teach us the very same kinds of things, very similar principles. He might use different different uh, approaches, different illustrations, but I think he would teach us the same things. And I want us to look at what he taught about prayer in that passage that we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's it's located in Matthew's record of Jesus' life and ministry in what we numbered Matthew's chapters 5, 6, and 7. And he has two sections on prayer, one in chapter 6 and one in chapter 7. And we're going to read both of them this morning. I'm going to begin with Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 because verse 1 is like the introduction to a section on giving, which we have addressed earlier, prayer that we'll talk about today, and fasting, which we haven't talked about, Uh, but we probably will. Uh, at some point. This is what Jesus says, is an introduction to those three things. He says, be careful not to display your righteousness merely to be seen by people. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. You want to know the basic principle? If you're a show-off, that's all you get out of it. now he gets down to about prayer in matthew chapter 6 verses 5 through 13 he says whenever you pray so he expects us to pray to say if by some slim chance perhaps whenever you pray do not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray while standing in synagogues and on street corners so that people can see them He's already told you that's not a good idea I have yet to figure out in what you know The idea of standing on a street corner to pray so that people will notice me seems really weird however, I have heard stories Of people who I will not name because I know that I, I, I know that they were people but anyway that would stand up in restaurants stand up in restaurants and pray at the top of their lungs to evangelize everybody. Kind of makes you wonder. I I don't know. I I wasn't there, so I couldn't ask questions. (laughs) Uh, I would have, because that's just the way I am. I like to ask questions, but here's Jesus. They don't be like the hypocrites because they love to pray so that people can see them. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. If you pray to be seen, that's all you're going to get out of it. That's the He's paraphrase. The verse six is, but whenever you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not babble repetitiously like the Gentiles, because they think that by their many words they will be heard. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12, he brings up prayer again. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. <coughs> Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, <coughs> the door and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you? Who, if his son or daughter asks for bread, will give them a stone. Now, that does, that seems, let me get the visual for you. How many of you have seen a pita bread? Little round flat of bread, right? In the, the land in the area where Jesus lived, there were little round rocks that looked like pita bread. So it was a really mean trick to play on April 1st. <laughs> if someone asks you for a piece of bread, to hand them a rock. But Jesus said, what kind of parent hands their kid a rock that looks like a piece of pita bread when they're hungry? Even on April 1st. Well, they didn't even have April 1st then, so it didn't matter. Okay, so who who would do that? Or or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If then, if you then, although you are evil, in comparison to God, Perhaps you would like a better, a different word. If, I think if Jesus was here, he would use a different word. Because for us, evil is like a moral thing. Let's, let's. I think he would use a different word today. I would think, if you, even though you are highly dysfunctional. And if you don't think you are, you don't understand the term dysfunctional. Because you're not, if you're not, if you're living and breathing, you are dysfunctional. You are not perfect. You come from a dysfunctional family. There are no perfect families. If you think your family is perfect, that's a prime example of being dysfunctional. It's called denial. The things we learned in Sunday morning worship. I thought it was cool. No, you're, okay. If you, even though you're highly dysfunctional people, Far less than what God created you to be. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? If you can handle that, just think what God can handle. So, Jesus, let's ask Jesus, how should we pray? I think He gives us some principles. We're going to start at the end and work our way backwards. First thing is, Pray with confident trust in God's generous love. We'll start here at the end. Luke's record of Jesus' teaching on prayer gives a more pointed promise uh, to that last uh, sentence and the last point of Jesus' teaching here on on God's giving. He says, "If If you then, although you are evil or highly dysfunctional, whichever word you would feel least uncomfortable with, uh If you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit who will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I think Jesus' point is that he wants to share his confidence in God's desire, his, his willingness to give us the best. God is so much better, he's saying to us. God is so much better than you can possibly imagine. I can't even begin to describe to you how good and generous and loving he is because you don't even have categories for it. Your very best pictures of what a parent ought to be aren't even close. It's like a teeny-weeny candle compared to all the light in the galaxy or the universe. It's just, there's no comparison. I have no categories. How much more our Father gives us? Listen, he, he looks at what he said, Just. Let's pick out what he's told us. God gives us daily bread, forgiveness, peace, protection, deliverance, and so much more. How much more? If he gives us all that, how much more will he give us the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God? Nearer than our breath. Close is the atmosphere. Well, I tell you what, I dare you to try to get rid of all of it that's in your lungs. You will pass out trying if you're if you're stubborn enough. And you still won't get it done. So my friend J.D. Walt, I quote him often, J.D. Walt asks this simple question, so, have you asked him to give you the Holy Spirit today? One of my prayer mentors goes so far so far as to put it this way, the answer, the answer to every prayer, the answer to every prayer is more of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to repeat that because I want to make sure you actually heard what I said. The answer to every prayer is more of the Holy Spirit. I can hear your protest, partially because I had some of my very own the very first time I heard this. Some, somebody may be saying, well, what about Ukraine? War, famine, pestilence, all these great global problems we're facing what, what about my loved ones cancer well, what about the stress I'm under what what about this what about that uh, I got a list of prayer uh, we need answers to our prayers not just the Holy Spirit I want you to ponder that statement with me please We need answers to our prayers, not just the Holy Spirit. Really? Stick with me for a few minutes on this. Uh, Many of us have lists of prayer requests. Where do you keep yours? You don't have to tell me. Some of you already know. Uh, some of you where do you keep your some of you keep your list of prayer requests in your head i honor that and i bless that and i'm impressed i can't i have a few i have i have i have less than a handful that i keep in my head simply because any more than the two that are there will, i will be forgotten uh, and and those sometimes are forgotten and then i have to remind myself Uh, Some of you may use a notepad. Some of you may use a journal. This doesn't work for everybody. I use my phone. I have an app on my phone. It's not for everybody, but it works for me. It's also on my tablet. My phone and my tablet talk to each other. Okay, It's for me. I'm not going to push it on anybody else. But this is what I'd like to ask you to do. If you can, you can touch or at least think about your list of requests as I read that statement again. As as I read that statement, that protest against my mentor's statement, that the answer to every prayer is more of the Holy Spirit. We need answers, not just the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to change... Change it just slightly. We need answers, not just God. How does that settle with your soul? Jesus teaches us that we should pray with confident trust in God's generous love. He also tells us, don't pray with babbling, repeating words, but welcome God's kingdom on earth. What is babbling? Well, I've grown up in the church. I can say that safely. I was born on Friday. Uh, I may not have been in church On the Sunday following because I'm not sure they let moms out of the hospital that soon in 1950 something it was a long time ago but I'm pretty sure that at least within 10 days I was in the in the in the church building with my parents and just about every Sunday ever since then unless I was sick or some other reason incapacitated I've been in church I've observed church people my entire life church people are interesting folks especially to well let's just say to me I'll leave it there. There's, I'm probably the only one like this. This is what I have observed. There are some people for whom babbling is, they, they just look for the perfect way to express their prayers because they're trying to receive what they want from God. Now, some of you, I, some—I mean, I, if you're going to send an email in protest to the illustration I'm about to use, my email address is pastormarkhaines at gmail.com. Or you can message the church uh, on the church facebook page because some people are not going to like what i'm about to say and i understand that i'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand but in the harry potter movies as these kids are going to school to learn how to use their little wands and their magic they have to learn how to say their little Those things, their incantations, exactly right, so they get exactly what they want. Because if they don't say it exactly right, they don't get what they're looking for. I've met people who pray like that. You gotta say exactly the right things. And when you do, God will give you what you ask for. First of all, in case anybody's curious about this, Harry Potter is a fictional thing. It's make-believe. And if you're pattering your prayers around a make-believe philosophy of how things work, you're probably in trouble. Not probably, you are. In a world of hurt. Second of all, if you think somehow that you can get the creator of the universe to do anything you want by simply saying the right words, you're talking about a genie. Again, something that's make-believe. It's a big blue guy on a Disney movie. Um, Please, again, if you're going to protest, send the emails to pastormarkhaines at gmail.com. I just ruined your kids by telling them Disney's movies are make-believe, here's the deal, babbling is this whole idea that somehow what I say makes God do stuff, you can't make God do a blooming thing. Other people shoot out a stream of words as if they can overwhelm God. They're they're the kind of people who just keep talking. They shoot like, they talk uh, like a machine gun. Assuming that if they talk long enough and fast enough, God will just go, whatever, here, just shut up. Now, they would not say that out loud, but I've watched them and I've listened to them, trust me. They'll say, just to get whatever they want. I'm going to tell you this again. I don't care how fast you talk, and I don't care how long you talk. You can't get God to give you what you want just because you talk long and hard. I've heard people scream. I've heard people scream. Wail. I've heard people cry. I've wanted to say, I want to take you to a story in the Old Testament about a guy named Elijah and these prophets on top of Mount Carmel. They were, they were so worked up, they slashed themselves and he just sat back and laughed at them. You probably need to yell a little louder and scream a little bit. I bet, your, I bet your Baal is out in the bouthouse taking a dump and you need to wake him up because he fell asleep. Now, if you're not, in... No, that is a paraphrase of exactly what he said. Literally said he's covered his feet, and the only time they really covered their feet is when they were in the outhouse. Let me tell you, if your God has to go to the outhouse, you have bigger problems than he's so falling asleep. Uh, never mind. Ah, uh, there's another group that tends to use prayer as an emotional release. It's not so much that they're, they're trying to get stuff from God. They just want to feel better. And so they, they use tears and shouts and whispers and cries and all kinds of expressions to make them feel better. And, and, and Okay, so now before anybody... Okay, again, if you want to send emails and protest, I already gave the email address. Please pay attention if you didn't catch it. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, should, should we ask God to meet our needs? Well, obviously we should. Jesus said so in, in the Lord's Prayer. Give us our daily bread. Right? He, he taught us to ask God to meet our needs. That's not, that's not the issue. Should, should, should we tell him how we feel? Well, uh, yes. If you're not sure about that, go read the Psalms. They're constantly telling God how they feel. There's nothing wrong with telling God how we feel. But here... Is the problem we aren't the focal point of prayer the focal point of prayer is God in his kingdom and this is that right here this is part of the heart issue remember Jesus said that there's a heart issue we have a heart problem this is part of his theme and his teaching the heart issue in prayer is am I focused on my results on my request being answered the way I think they ought to be answered. In which case, then the question becomes, what do I need to do and say to get what I want from God? The proper heart uh, alignment is God's relationship, which says... Yes, Lord, let's spend time together. And when we hang out with God, <laughs> anything's possible. In fact, it's then that we get the opportunity to welcome God's kingdom on earth, and anything and everything is possible in God's kingdom. healing, Peace. In fact, a very good place to begin is to, as we are hanging out with Jesus, just say, okay, what's going on in heaven that you want to have happening on earth right now? That's the way he phrased the prayer that he, he gave for us to, to follow. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what's, what's happening in heaven that you want to happen on earth? I think a lot of us would be very surprised that his answer is not what we thought it was meant. See, heaven most of all is a place that is overwhelmed with an awareness of God's presence and in the response to his presence. Everything that's in in is worshiping him. Everyone is honoring him. So praying for an increased awareness of his presence would be a part of that. And that really actually reflects the very opening lines of the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored, hallowed, reverenced. May people know who you are. That's what it means, your name, who God is. May people see who you are and reverence you and honor you for who you are. Many of us need an attitude adjustment of prayers. Our, 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 uh, in, in, about prayer, our, our hearts are still selfish and self-centered. We, we're, we're still talking about what we want. Uh, one pastor recently noted, uh, pointed out that a lot of people who say today who say prayer works really mean God did what I asked Him to. as if prayer is a button to push to release exactly what they want from a cosmic vending machine. Prayer is not a button to be pushed. It is a relationship to be pursued. Yeah, pour your heart out to God. Pray about the things that the Bible says, are near and dear to God's heart. And, and when answers come that were what you expected and what you asked for, give them back to God and thank him for them because he gave them to you. It's not because you prayed for them. It's because he gave them. And when things don't go the way you thought they were going to go, just understand that God's still on his throne. Jesus is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he still loves you and he still cares for you. And he still wants to hang out. Which is for him far more important than giving you every little thing you've asked for. Jesus teaches us that we should pray with confident trust in God's generous love. He also tells us that not to pray with babbling words, but to welcome God's kingdom on earth. And he also teaches us don't pray to be noticed by others, but pray to be noticed by God. Our goal shouldn't be to be seen or heard by other people. Our goal when we pray is intimacy and spiritual union, communion, We've got Pastor Jim Cimbala, uh, the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York City, uh, in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, describes the prayer meetings that they started at the very beginning because they're absolutely desperate, had no idea what they're gonna, he and his wife had no idea what they were supposed to do, uh, which is okay, because that's about where we need to be. Uh, And and they started their prayer meetings and said we weren't there to hear one another we focused vertically on God and then he says the format of a prayer meeting is not nearly as important as its essence touching the Almighty crying out with one's whole being he says I've been in noisy prayer meetings that were mainly a show I've been in groups in times of silent prayer that were deeply spiritual the atmosphere may vary what matters most is that we encounter the God of the universe, not just each other. If we just if we're there to talk to each other, then let's just go have coffee. I added that part. He didn't say that, but I bet if he was here, he'd go, Amen. He'd probably tell me to preach it too. How should we pray? I think Jesus teaches us that ultimately prayer connects us with God. It's about connecting with him. Devotional author Oswald Chambers writes, If if our Heavenly Father knows what we need before we ask, why should we ask? Remember that's why Jesus said, don't keep on babbling. God knows what you need. The point of prayer is not to get answers. This is what Oswald Chambers says. The prayer the point of prayer is not to get answers from God. Prayer is perfect and complete oneness with God. And then this, I like this sentence. Listen to this sentence carefully. It, if if we pray because we want answers, we will get annoyed with God. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if you've never been annoyed with God because he didn't answer your prayers, you must be way more easygoing than most people I know. Oswald Chambers went on to say, prayer is not getting things from God. It is, that is the most initial stage. I mean, he goes, yeah, obviously that's part of it, but but the prayer is getting into perfect communion with God. That's the purpose goal. So here's the sermon in a sentence for, for today. If you're going to remember anything, I want you to remember this sentence. Prayer focuses on connecting with God and welcoming his kingdom on earth. Prayer results in far more than receiving what we ask God to give us. When we concentrate on what we re- want to receive, we end up making our prayers about what we do. It becomes a burden because the results become our responsibility. Somehow, I have to make this happen. I have to make God do what I want him to do. No wonder there's so many stressed out people. If you think a strong-willed child is difficult to deal with, (laughs) try telling the king of kings that you're in charge. If you don't hear an audible laugh, you ought to. It's a burden and a performance trap because the ultimate purpose of prayer, the whole reason God gives us prayer is to connect us with Jesus. To put us in a deep, intimate relationship with him. He wants us to love him and to receive his love. Some of you may remember this guy, and some of you won't, and some of you may remember the ladies as well. Uh, Well, but the the late CBS News anchor, Dan Rather, uh, was not ready for his television interview with Mother Teresa. That was over 25 years ago. I looked it up. It was the best I could find. Some of Somehow all of his standard interview questions and skills were absolutely inadequate when he met this little lady. It was tiny. Mother Teresa was, well, not, not quite that small, but she was tiny. Mother Teresa was a tiny little nun from Calcutta, and she was calmly sitting there next to him. And she didn't really seem at all willing to help him out. She could tell he was sweating. And she just sitting there. So Dan Rather says, so when you pray, what do you say to God? And Mother Teresa says, I don't say anything. I listen. Well, Okay. When God speaks, uh, what does he say? He doesn't say anything. He listens. (laughs) Rather, was very bewildered and had no idea what to say. And Mother Teresa looked at him and said, And if you don't understand that, I can't explain it to you. Neither can I, folks. But I will encourage you to think about it. I believe you can figure out what she means. Some of you have experienced that with friends and family members. Prayer focuses on connecting with God and welcoming his kingdom on earth. The purpose of prayer is to connect us with the Holy Spirit so we know what and how to pray for Jesus' kingdom to come on earth. So... Is since Jesus inviting you to a deeper, richer, more intimate connection with the Holy Spirit in prayer? First of all, do not let it be a burden. Don't launch into a a list of things that you're going to do. Don't worry about working harder in your prayer time. Take it for what it is. An invitation to a deeper connection, <clears throat> just tell him you accept his invitation. Then wait for the Holy Spirit to reveal the next step. If you run in there, on, I'm going to do this and, this and this and this and this and this and this, you will not be able to get a word in that choice, and you will miss he wants to do. Let's pray. We're reaching out to to welcome you, God. Right here, right now. Fill this place. Fill every place where, where we are gathered with your obvious Make us aware. So remove the distractions. Help us to just relax in your presence. Can Jesus saturate our hearts with the light of your love? Spirit reveal the beauty and majesty of Jesus to us. Give us a glimpse of our ever gracious. thoughts with wonder and awe, your loving holiness. We, we find all we want Jesus, you're the source of all our victories. Every fear bows to your love. All our guilt and shame melt in your compassion and grace. God, in your presence, we find freedom. In your presence, we receive healing and wholeness. to open our hearts to you now. For those of you who are online, I want to specifically thank you for joining us and invite you, if you've not already done so, to join our Facebook group, the Champions of Hope. The link is in the description to the event. Um, Find some reading content and some opportunities to connect with people who are on a mission to infuse others with the hope of Jesus. We are on a mission. We have been sent by Jesus. The spirit of the Lord is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. We are called. We are anointed. We have been given a task that is far bigger than we are. We go carrying good news to the world, news about freedom from oppression, healing for the afflicted. The time of the Lord's favor is here. Now. Amen. Hallelujah. Go. You are sent with Jesus.